All right, open us up. Yeah, you, who else do you think I'm talking to? Jack? Maybe Jack. I mean, you know, I thought yeah, he's the one that does the intros and the outros. Hey, everyone, welcome back to... Well, <laughs> welcome now, not welcome back to, because it's just starting. Episode four. Oh, you dirty mean me. The best episode so far. Probably. Yeah. No, definitely. This This will be the best episode. Yeah, especially since I got my new microphone. I used it in episode three. We just didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, but I love this thing, man. I, I think cost you what was it like a like three hundred thousand dollars or something? Uh, three hundred fifty. But yeah, I mean, hey, that's what the ad money's for. So yeah, exactly. That, cl- that clown guy's ad paid us quite a bit. I was about to say. I don't know why they paid us so much, but. Yeah, it was a little weird for them to like spend that much, but especially since they only work out of Detroit. I mean, who does that? I mean, not even like all of Detroit, just downtown Detroit. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, they're a bunch of weirdos, but yeah, I, I think there's something nice. There's having like a full, complete setup, just a nice computer, microphone. Um, like I have the speakers set up now as well, so if I ever want to listen to music, I can just switch the audio have it play mm-hmm. on the speakers um to, like, like yeah, dual the monitors same shitty, the same shitty person still remain exactly and i'm not any better at video games either which sucks <laughs> no you get a new computer you're like oh my god the opportunities the frames what's gonna happen now and then you're still shit and you're like okay well i mean you'll you'll take it you you went from laptop hardware to basically what, what do you have? What, what's your gpu you have in there now um so i have uh, the 3060 graphics card i have the 32 gigabytes of ram uh oh, cool also what what time are you going to be out of your house at work okay dude yeah um damn near every single day at this point work sucks oh dude. cool so i can just well so okay yeah never mind. Yeah, and we don't lock our doors so you can just walk <laughs> yeah you hear that everyone <laughs> if you can find out where they live you can just walk in somewhere on k-state as we established in the last episode uh-oh this oh. is getting awful close <laughs> who knows where they might live one two three main street hey hey flip that out i'll, I'll be i'll be I'll bleep it out. <laughs> you son of a bitch oh my god but uh I tell you, I've been thinking about writing a book. Yeah, you mentioned it. What was it yeah, about, so, though? So I've got two different ideas kind of floating around. Okay. So Maybe. we played that since Bear Trauma. I've been thinking how fun it would do be to write like a suspenseful kind of horror thriller mm. set underwater in a submarine. Oh, God. Um like where it maybe will become like immobile so they have to work together to try to figure out like how to survive how to get help or escape jesus um and then the other one which i'm I'm really excited about and i think i might move with is the post post apocalyptic world <laughs> where like it's no longer post apocalypse where it's just people scavenging 
mm-hmm. um, after the apocalypse. It's like people have rebuilt or are finalizing like rebuilding civilization. Um, they're establishing systems. They're every, everything's kind of established now. It's just kind of okay. You're just yeah. It's no longer trying to just get by. It's okay. Well, now I gotta. Well, I I, I got a follow up question for you. Is yeah. this has this been brought up from the fact that I know you're currently playing Fallout? Yes. I knew it. I was like, because the thing is, is that it's it's such a great setting for it. Because suddenly it's not just about you know. There's some sustainability in the post post apocalypse. You know, not everyone's just trying to survive anymore. Now it's like now things are getting like political. Um, you know, yeah. there's different factions coming out, things like that. Do you, what's the what's the setting for yours? Like, where do you want it to be exactly? I'm thinking of this area, kind of based around like Vegas. <laughs> oh my call god! Something else. Um, kind, it's kind of like a a new a new uh, Vegas. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I think no, it might um, might catch some legal trouble for that one, bud. <laughs> I don't know. I've also. I mean, it's it's hard not to take inspiration. Oh yeah, from things like because I'm like, oh okay, so yeah, I've been I've been playing New Vegas, and that is it is it's definitely the best one in the series. Um, the dialogue options, I mean, the story itself, it's not just like, and I mean, I love Fallout Four. The gunplay and the companions, and just the quality of life changes they made are so nice, but the story sucks. Oh really? It's, horrible yeah because they've they've kind of abandoned if you if you you you, if you compare three new vegas and four i would say new the only reason i say new vegas is the peak is because they they got it down to where they're like okay it's not just and that's why i say the post post apocalyptic it's because that's what New Vegas is. It's no longer like just wreckage everywhere and people mm-hmm. are just established in these iconic looking areas. It's there's story reasons in New Vegas for everything. Like the reason people live on the strip and that it looks so good is uh, spoilers, I guess, for New Vegas that came out 11 years ago. Ooh. Um, Mr. House, the guy who owns like a casino there. Uh, was able to shoot down one of the nukes that was going to hit New Vegas. Oh, uh, really? So it it remained untouched. Um, and then he just kind of built up defenses. And now we you got this NCR, which is like the United States, uh, just kind of refounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to move in and conquer, not conquer, but claim territory. Yeah, they're trying to reclaim what was, you know, once a part of the U.S. You know, they feel probably yeah. entitled to it, yeah. But they're stretched so thin that they can't properly maintain their control over any of their territories. Mm. Um, and then you got places like Caesar's Legion, uh, who are just, they're trying to just conquer. Um, I mean, absolutely, just, they're just, they're slavers. Oh, they're just God. just taking people and... Yeah, it's and it's just this clash of 
Mr. House, who wants to maintain his control, uh, the NCR, who wants to claim the territory, and Caesar's Legion, who wants to conquer this region and everything. Do you think that the factions that you're going to create in your book, like, do you think that they're going to share similarities with the the different factions in Fallout? I don't know if I'll necessarily create, like, factions in a way. I think mine will be more, like, Old West kind Mm. of town-based, where it's people just kind of maintained inside their own town in the little of the surrounding areas. Um, Because it's not really going to be... Communication is not going to be abundant. Mm, Okay. Uh, So you can't really, like, set up long-range communications between people. It's just kind of like, yeah, we've, we've established, like, we've taken over this... Not taken over, but we've claimed this small town... We've set up farms. We've got defenses. Um, we're no longer scavenging. Now we're um, harvesting and building, um, creating things. Like, I think in New Vegas, there's this guy, Arcade. Um, that's his name. And hmm. what he, he talks about this. He's like, yeah, pretty soon, you're gonna, we're going to run into this issue where there's nothing left to scavenge. And so I'm preparing for that time to where I can research now so we can just create our own supplies later. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I guess... scavenge forever. Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting thing that I had never thought about when it comes to, like, a post-apocalyptic scenario. Eventually, you know, that those resources do expire, wear out, and... You have to be able to create stuff again. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe uh, there's a faction of like farmers who have suddenly just completely exploded in popularity because they're the only ones that have any food. Yeah. Like they started early. Meanwhile, the winter wiped out like a lot of other people just due to that fact. It's kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, dude. I, I, I like this idea a lot. That's something that. I could definitely get into. I'd read and that then, book. Like, I, I've been also playing... I, I stopped because I've been playing Days Gone. Um, I played it pretty well, um, probably like a month <laughs> or so ago. Okay. Uh, but I stopped because they... Towards the end of the game, they the, the pace picks up a lot quicker. Um, and then they're just like, hey, go fight this horde. Which is like... Normally, you can kill like three to five zombies in an area mm-hmm. with moderate to maybe great difficulty depending on your skill but then they're like hey go take on these like 150 zombies oh god and it's like every mission and i'm like okay well like the first time you did this i was like oh this is so cool i'm planting traps and everything i'm running around uh but on like the third time i've had to clear a horde i'm like no i'm not it, it it completely destroyed my drive. But the setting was mm-hmm. Oregon. And oh, what a great setting for a game. It does it's seem like beautiful. Be, yeah. Motorcycles. Oh, I almost bought a motorcycle just because of this game. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. Oh, jeez. In between like a mix of like a Harley and a dirt bike. I was like, oh, man, 
They're kind of handy to get around on, at least locally. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's so goddamn tempting. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, no, I like it'd be super nice and I would love to ride it around. But dangerous, man. It'd be dangerous. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's really only dangerous if you're in the city and where I am, it's small town where if you get stopped at a traffic light. There may be a car behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good I point. Mean, that, yeah, that's. You can't really get hit by anything if there's nothing to hit you, you know? Yeah. The only way I would wreck is if I was stupid. All right. I, I did uh, have a question about your first book, actually. The uh, the one the based off Barotrauma. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to go for like something that is grounded in reality? Or are you going to like include some like HR, like some like lovecraftian uh creatures as well yeah so i've thought about that and i was like my main it wasn't quite like do i want to do this or this like the lovecraftian monsters or have it just survival and under a underwater in a submarine i've had the most notion where i I knew something was going to have to happen to one of them i didn't know if it was going to be like a mental type of monster where they're Ooh. thinking they're seeing stuff um, or if it will be something that's there. Oh, okay. so it's either physical or mental or even um, and like, I, and I, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. It, like leave it up to the viewer almost where like, yeah, it could be that something is actually there or maybe that they're just going crazy. I think for the most part, like most of the book, It'll be up to the viewer to be like, is that real? Like, is is what he's seeing real? Oh, God. Um, but then I think towards the end, I would have to probably reveal whether or not it was real. Like, coming up in the third act, the finale, um, something would have to come together. And, and I could either spin it where if the monster was real, um, it could attack the group. Or if I go the route where it becomes like a mental monster, mm-hmm. uh, the guy or whoever people are seeing it would go nuts. And oh, they'd be God. like, we, we have to like, we have to leave now. This monster's going to hurt us or, or they may get like an escape and they're like, no, we can't go out there yet. Cause there's a monster out there, <laughs> you know? So maybe they'll like sabotage their way out. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I think there's something inherently scary about being on a submarine in the first place. Like, I feel like everyone is claustrophobic in a way, and what's a more claustrophobic space than something that is literally you're encaged in like this this steel container that is very tight together and also mm-hmm. underwater, you know, hundreds of miles. Yeah. Like, and I I had this idea of like maybe like two quarters of the ship um like so they so obviously they'll have to get into a wreck to where they become trapped yeah um and i imagine like two quarters of the ship is where the majority of the crew is and they're alive uh and then there's a quarter of it that's like blocked off like either by flooding of water or something uh but then i was thinking in the last little quarter put like one or two dudes there (laughs) 
<laughs> and they would be stuck there for like a prolonged period. And so that those would be the guys that would just go nuts. Oh, okay. Because they're not stuck with like the other like five or four to six crew members. It's just either one person or two people that are just by themselves. I kind of like that. Uh, it, it it adds in like a, a late game like, oh, these guys are like, you know, they could even be like the late game enemy almost. Yeah, like they, they finally connect like Maybe they get like a pump or something, open up like the like a top or bottom room, and they can pump out some of the water to be able to cross. Uh, but then you run into that. Okay, well now you're taking these four to five people who have established like rations, um, a way of survival, and now you're connecting them to this these other guys who are just absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's like okay well they they don't know that but yeah these guys are bongo wongos you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah you could even honestly i was kind of thinking about this um you could even take the two things and kind of mix them together like where it's a post-apocalypse but it's that the entire world is flooded and then i realized that's just water world yeah yeah which is a really cool idea, but I don't think anyone could do it again without, you know, being caught out for it. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if you could do. I wonder if you. Yeah, I wonder if you could combine that post-apocalyptic, post-post, mm -hmm. where the world did flood, but you've had some people who went to boats and submarines. Um, so maybe they could take place in the same universe where, maybe like in the Colorado mountains. Oh, uh, that'd be cool yeah is where that post post apocalyptic story so that way you wouldn't have to um i don't have to worry about factions because it would really just be kind of like these small settlements yeah exactly uh, that are combining and maybe fighting over like farmland or something yeah because there's just not a lot of land mass left at that point you know the yeah. entire world is super flooded and then you've got like another maybe like the submarine like floated like inland like over like the middle of the united states um but maybe hit something that because they, they i mean they they got like the sonar detectors but i mean it's there's giant uh cell towers buildings shit like that okay yeah um, i get you that like it maybe cause the wreck yeah it's like over new york city and it crashes on like one of the big old towers over there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So then it's just kind of like resting on the street. Oh, that'd be, that, yeah, that'd be really cool. I was thinking have it like crash somewhere along like the Colorado Rockies, but I kind of like the idea that it like interacts and it both worlds kind of mesh together. Mm hmm. Well, cause you could even do like, say maybe like the radio tower or the airport. What do, you, what do you call that? The AT, ATC tower? I think so. Yeah. Um, like the Denver airport. Maybe it breaks off or something happens and it hurts the submarine. So then they would be wrecked, but near the mountains. So maybe at like a future date, they could connect stores. Oh, okay. I see. You know, you, you get like a trilogy, but they yeah. don't know it's a trilogy until, you know, like the very end of like the second movie. Like yeah, there's there's I, hints here and there, but 
did I tell you about the not Yosemite, the Yellowstone like <laughs> connection of stories that I had? No, I don't believe so. Ah, oh, they're so they're pretty good. Um, like I've got they they all take place at like the same time. Um, so like there's this teacher who goes to teach. Um, it, it's it's like World War Z kind of style. Uh, where it's a bunch of collection of st- different stories, um, all centered around one event. Okay. Um, so like you got a guy who's coming down from the north and going south, passing through settlements, picking up people. Um, and he's trying to go see his parents or no, I think he's going south and up and he's going to see his parents up north in the winter. Um, and then like you have his parents, which is a different story who take in this random hiker and it turns into like a horror story. Oh no. Um, then you'll have another one who's like this pop star who's riding in his private jet near Yellowstone mm-hmm. when it explodes. Um, so then he like gets wrecked and he has to try to like figure out a way out of this hazardous area. Yeah, he's in like the center of the storm, man. Yeah. He's, I, and he's I, just a pop star, so no real like survival skills. Oh, okay. I like that. I think... Yeah. Uh, the entire thing with Yellowstone is such an interesting scenario because it feels so local, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels like it could happen to us at any time. It's definitely a movie that's going to, like, raise some awareness. Like, if you if those movies ever come out, everyone's going to be like, oh, God, what if this actually did happen? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, I, I think about it all the time, like, <laughs> and you know I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. If Yellowstone ever did explode, I mean... Honestly, I would take my dad's truck and probably go out west and just go into... I, I don't know what will happen, but I was just like, no matter what happens, it would be a story. It would be a story, dude. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, I don't know. It would just be cool. Maybe I can save some people or... Because, I mean, I'd have this massive truck. Yeah, that's true. You know, you got the Maybe the I four by four homesteads. Okay, yeah, that's that seems more likely <laughs> in this scenario. Somebody um, tries taking my truck, get into a fist fight. You know, just I'm just imagining things. Okay, okay, I see, I see. I'm not a psycho. Okay, yeah, we all know. Trust me, I don't trust you. But I will say this: I think it's like Yellowstone is probably the most uh, uh, like nearby possible apocalypse elliptic scenario but i also did see like so me and coleman this morning we were getting ready for getting ready for some school getting some stuff done we were like let's just watch something to like occupy our minds for a little while just while we're getting ready and we brought up i think it was a netflix special done with uh david at david attenborough i believe it is Mm -hmm. um who's like the guy who i mean first off the guy has had a sick life um just traveling or like literally i don't know how you could get better than it he's literally just going to places exploring seeing new people seeing new things um 
Uh, but the entire story is basically a story of like how we have driven so many things to extinction and um, how like the world is getting hotter, stuff like that. Um, it's messages about global warming. Um, but oh my gosh, it, it it's so crazy to see like all that stuff happening in what feels like real time. Um, and so like what he was saying is that like by like 2100, I think it was like most of most landmass is not going to be able to be like lived on. Like here in Kansas, we would get turned into a desert. It would literally just be a desert. Man. It would not be livable anymore. And I was like, I think that would also make a great apocalyptic scenario. Like the mm-hmm. year is like. 2120. I mean, like, you kind of have that with Interstellar a little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's just Earth, but in the future, it's just nothing. I can't remember what happens in Interstellar's. It's future. it's a it's a like a mite or a bug that like is destroying all their crops, and so people are just starving. And like I think yeah, the making giant dust storms. Yes, and so fighting. the only thing that can grow on earth in that place is like corn at the time Mm. um i would love to see an apocalyptic scenario like that uh one because i think it's you know it raises awareness uh which i think is good and another reason is just because like if you wanted to get from point a to point b like you now have two separate sides of the globe the top half and the bottom half which are the only level part livable parts of it right now Mm-hmm. how do you get from like point a to point b and like at that point oceans would be drying up as well it's like there's not like there, there's almost no fresh water to go around at that yeah. point the only fresh water that would be available is like the glaciers that melted creating you know lakes up on the north and south poles um i would love to see scenarios like that and I think it fits in really well with what you were talking about earlier. Like those just like Western towns, there's not a lot of communication. Yeah. People are arguing over farmland because there's just not much land left. Like like where you could approach this settlement and it would be these people who have come together to build this nice livable area, but then walk for like a two days, run to another settlement and it's in chaos. People are arguing over each other over supplies because they can't, they can't just cooperate. Mm-hmm. I think I think the apocalyptic scenario is so you get drawn into it so much because, um, especially as like a writer or like someone who consumes the content, I think I think it's personally why zombies got so popular is because you can put yourself in the scenario and be like, what would I do in this? Yeah, it's like a it's a grounded fantasy. Exactly. I think that being able to like insert yourself into the story is like one of the best parts about apocalyptic things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like everyone, there's there's doomsday planners here in you know America that live around that stuff. Like that's how popular it got. Yeah. And even you, you you're like, oh, dude, I can't wait for an apocalypse to happen. <laughs> and honestly, I can't blame you. It's such a weird thing of like. Suddenly you don't have to 
struggle to like maintain your lifestyle anymore instead you're struggling to like live which feel it, it feels weird it's, to say but it takes a lot of weight off your shoulders yeah it's i mean it's kind of depressing to think about but you you lose the burden of school or work or most most things people worry about now and your main goal oh, yeah. constantly on your mind is just survival so it's no longer like, oh, I got this coming up. I got, it's just, nope, tomorrow I just have to survive again. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like it, like, and even though in reality, like the scenario is like surviving is going to be difficult in this way, but really you have one thing on the to-do list and it's survive. I, I think that yeah. that's one of the coolest parts about it. Yeah, no, it's, I'm excited for the apocalypse. Hey, you know oh, what? Uh, I am too. We got 30 seconds left. Uh, okay. We both been playing Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Great game. Uh, I'm loving it. You play it in a very different way than I do. Yeah, I like murder everybody. And yeah, and you I'm, capture everybody. I'm not. I've murdered like what? Uh, 100 people and I'm almost finished with the game. And you've murdered... Probably, Probably double me, and you're only like eight hours into the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like less than that. Uh, I would say uh, uh, we can keep this going for a little bit longer just because yeah. I did want to touch on this. Uh, the thing that I like about Metal Gear Solid well, is... Well, you uh, on a lot of things. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, the thing I love about Metal Gear Solid is just how much freedom you get to approach a scenario with. You get to choose where you drop in. You get to choose like what weapons you bring, how you're going to take it, like... Are you going to go loud and just go crazy? Are you going to be silent and stealthy? It's yeah. such a fun game. And I mean, it's there's so many different ways. And that's why I like the stealth approaches, because there's so many ways to go. Like, there is, there is this checkpoint that I had to get across. And you couldn't walk around it because the canyon was pretty tight. Mm -hmm. So on the left side of the road, I set up this decoy that played music. <sighs> and wow. I went on the right side of the road, let it play music, and they ran to it and checked it out. And I just crawled along them. And then eventually they shot it and I was stuck in their camp. So I threw another one. They ran to that one and I was like, okay, I won't be able to make it out of the thing. But I just like, I, I would separate them slowly with these decoys and like magazine tosses. And then huh. I eventually lured them all to, I, I I tried separating to take them out, but I was like, okay, I'm constantly in their like line of sight, so I lured them all to this room. Put put like <laughs> I put like four decoys in there. <laughs> they all walked in there, and then I just threw like this stun grenade in there and just stunned them all. And I'm like, that. What other game can you do that? There's not very many. I'd say. I think one the that other Metagills, yeah. I, I I think that like the closest things to that is like, um, you know, Breath of the Wild had kind of interesting ways that you could approach scenarios. That yeah, kind of cool. That dynamic world. Mm -hmm. But but Metal Gear Solid definitely does it the best. I mean, you can just like hop in a box, slide down a hill, pop out of the box with your sniper rifle, dome someone, toss grenades, set C four. Like, there's just so many yeah. options that it makes the game enjoyable if creative if you're a creative mind it is definitely the best game for you sponsored by metal gear solid kojima 
Five. All right. Speaking of which, yo, that's, that's all right. Kojima call me right now. Uh, we're going to end this podcast. Uh, thanks for watching. Yeah. Take us out, Jack.